What is up, internets? Welcome to the Randy King Live podcast, episode 23. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of the Randy King Live debate podcast. This week, I have my friend Paul on the show. Uh, we will be doing a intro with Paul here in a second. I just want to do the premise of the show. So we've been getting some comments uh, of people who don't quite understand how the show works. Now, if this is your 23rd episode, hopefully you got it. But this might be your first episode. Maybe you've heard of Paul and you have no idea who the hell I am. So we need to establish the baseline for this. So this show is a debate-based podcast, not an argument-based podcast. Those are different, Internet. They're different things. So an argument base is you arguing your opinion. You're allowed to use logic fallacies. You can just kind of vent on somebody this is not that well at least not until final thoughts right now during the free portion of the show i am going to pigeonhole my guest paul into one side of a topic he is going to debate just his side of the topic in order to win even if he does not believe the things he's saying it's his job just to list the pros or cons whatever side he chose of his side of the story if you don't get that and you want to hear our actual thought process on this, those are available in the final thoughts on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Randy King Live, $5 level. You can hear all of the final thoughts. So if you want to hear actual thoughts on this topic, feel free to jump over there. The rule of the show is very simple. We start as friends. We leave as friends. I've known Paul for three or four years now. Uh, I see you more than I see you more than most people, actually. So yeah. I see a lot of Paul. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> that's good. So I see a lot of Paul. Uh, so we are friends. We kind of come from similar soft skills backgrounds. So we, we agree on a lot of stuff. So it wouldn't be a very fun show if we just sat here nodding. This is the problem <laughs> with the internet right now is people aren't allowed to have civil discourse. That is what we're going to do here. So there's some rules in place in order to make that happen. Rule number one is we start as friends, we leave as friends. So how would... God forbid I had this conversation with somebody. I hate you, Rando. God, this, this conversation uh, makes us not friends. That's not what's happening here. Number two is I sent ahead of time 15 logic fallacies that we are going to follow for this debate. This is not all of the logic fallacies. So if you send me in a response and say something like, oh, you guys use changing the goalpost. Changing the goalpost is not one of the fallacies that we are enforcing in this debate on purpose because the point of this conversation is for you to build your own opinion on the topic that we are doing. We are both experts in the field, especially in what we're talking about right now, but our opinion shouldn't matter as much as the facts. and You should form your own opinion. So listen to both sides of the debate, form your own opinion, and then jump onto the final thoughts if that works. If you don't know what the 15 logic fallacies are, I explain them all on episode one of the podcast, uh, or I can send you the link to it, which I have had to do multiple times. Um, the fun listener portion of the show very simply is when we're in the debate, we are going to be focusing on the debate. If we catch myself or Paul catches one of us, in a fallacy, we call the fallacy out, and the person who has committed the fallacy has to take a page out of Rory Miller's ConCon book, take a deep breath, say, oh, I'm sorry for using the appeal to ignorance fallacy. Then you compliment the person across the screen, Paul, you're a handsome man, and then Paul, that person gets their chance to talk again. So you secede your turn. If we hit one of the fallacies and you as a listener catches the fallacy and we don't catch it, Send me a message or a video or in Snapchat or whatever you're into right now. Tell me what minutes it happens on the show. 
if I agree, if I can't debate my way out of it being a fallacy, then I will pay for my crime in push-ups while promoting for you on video whatever you want me to promote. So if it's your fit tea or your detox cleanse or whatever you want, because like the debate, I don't have to actually believe in it. So feel I will promote what you promote if you catch us in the debate. All right, so enough of the talk. That's what's going on. Our guest today is Paul DiRienzo. Paul, tell the guests a little bit about yourself. Hey everyone, uh, as Randy said, Paul DiRienzo. I am based out of the Boston area. I am a, a, a classical Japanese Jiu-Jitsu martial artist originally. I own an academy in the Boston area, the suburbs of Boston. Randy's been here several times to teach because he's a great teacher. You should bring him into your place. Yeah, I should. Absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah, I, my students love when you're here. That you're, you have a very unique teaching style that they enjoy, which is important <laughs> for the learning. Right. Thank you. Um, thank you. You're welcome. So, did I do I get my pay back now? Is that good? Yeah. So, th- yeah, we'll send the, the pay. Pa- check your PayPal. We're fine. Okay, great. <laughs> so, <laughs> check. So, uh, I am uh, many years ago ran into a book and a guy named uh, Rory Miller. Some of you guys have heard of him. No. And I started learning and training with Rory and have been lucky enough to, for some reason, be part of the violence dynamics team with you randy and part of the chiron team with uh rory and malcolm who was on last week i believe yes tammy who's been on previously yep. i can't i can't believe i have to follow malcolm by the way god oh <laughs> that's I've, painful you guys are like my pokemon and you're the last one i've caught you all so i had to get every every director of chiron and you are the final one so that's awesome <laughs> uh, that's a that is a tough that's a tough one to follow so yeah. Um, but yeah, I can be on, I'm on much like you, Randy, uh, Facebook, Instagram, God, there's too many Instagrams. Um, I'm sure Randy will put the links down in the show below if anybody has any questions or I can help with anything. So awesome. All right, Paul. Great. So, uh, so you guys know who Paul is now. Paul has brought me lots of times. Thank you, Paul. I'll be harassing you for 2020 for sure. Uh, we, he's like, yeah, I know. Uh, so the debate we've decided to have is we're both kind of known in the sphere as like we're both martial artists, but because we are successful, we get labeled the business people. Yep. Right. And I know you don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it, but we're going to capitalize on that because some people know <laughs> us anyways. So the debate topic today we're going to be talking is. Uh, so let's clear this up. So it should people use fear based marketing or does fear based marketing work? What do you want to argue? Okay, because there's basically no debate over whether fear-based marketing works. Right. Yes. The de- the only fair debate is should you use okay. fear-based marketing in the self-defense world? Got it. And what side of the debate are well, I think the guests already know or the listeners already know what you're taking. What side of the debate are you taking? I I'm taking the Oh, because we're going to do the after uh we're going to talk. Okay, so I'm taking the pro. I'm taking positive. That so you believe you should use fear-based marketing. I am taking the positive. Yes. For this debate, you are taking the side that people should use fear-based marketing. Awesome. On, on, on many levels, I feel like I'm taking the devil's advocate side, so it's kind of fun for me. Yeah, it's awesome. And so normally I would have to take devil's advocate. This one, the guest usually picks, except for one time last week. I did not let the guest pick their side. Um, I will go on the opposite side, so I will say that you should not use fear-based marketing for uh, your gym or self-defense class, I guess. We're going to have to pinch your hole into that a little bit. I believe that. So this is going to be okay. Let's see what happens. So we're going to start the clock here, Paul. So we're going to start at 20 minutes. Paul, you have up to four minutes to make an opening statement on why you should use fear-based marketing. Okay. Start now? Now. Okay. So have you ever heard of a product called Pepsodent? Mm -mm. Okay. Uh, It is toothpaste. 
Okay. In the early 1900s, almost nobody in North America brushed their teeth in any way, shape, or form. It did not happen. And a new product was created called Pepsodent. It, uh, it did some interesting things that had not been done before, and the guy who invented it came to his friend uh, Claude Hopkins, and who was a, a marketing man from that time period, and he created a new marketing campaign. He discovered that one of the things Pepsodent did was it removed a film from your teeth. So his marketing campaign was that you needed to use this product because if you don't remove that film, it can invite decay, it'll change your tooth color, and most importantly, it'll allow bad breath to be one of the things that your mouth will produce. And okay. he marketed heavily to women because the fear, the pain of social exclusion, God, I can't be the one with bad breath, that was the thing. And he changed in 100 years all dental health. <laughs> he single-handedly with that advertising campaign changed how um, people take brushing their teeth because it was not a habit 100 years ago. Um, jumping ahead 90, 100 years, Procter & Gamble created a product. This product was fascinating. It was a revolution. It removed odors from uh, an area, uh, but they could not sell it. No matter what they did, it, it didn't seem to sell. So they created an advertising campaign. They paired the chemical that removed odors with a pleasant smell of some variety. So they paired together the embarrassment of somebody coming to your house. And if you spray Febreze, they couldn't sell it before that. They will remove this embarrassing odor and leave a pleasant. So they were playing with the away from fear towards pleasure part of the human uh, uh, motivator factors. So a couple uh, important definitions, and I'm watching the clock because yeah. I've done this a couple times and I've gone over a few times. So <laughs> marketing, noun, the action or business of promoting and selling products or services, including market research and advertising. Sales, noun, the exchange of a commodity for money, the action of selling something. You know a little bit about selling, Randy, last I heard. I've, I've heard I've heard of it. I'm aware. Yeah. Has the expression find the pain ever been something that you've been exposed to? Yeah. Okay. That'll come up later. Okay. So for our purposes, just to simplify, you're going you're gonna to hear me use the term. Our goal in marketing is to put asses in seats. Okay. Again, we've probably used this term back and forth ourselves back a couple times. Yeah. Fear, based upon just evolutionary biology, um, is one of the most powerful human motivating tools that exists. Mm -hmm. uh, fear has kept us alive for many millennia. And the now, while we live in, you know, you and I both live in North America, so we live in one of the safest countries and the safest times in the history of mankind. And that's probably going to go towards George argument. Um, just thinking ahead. Yeah. But that said, the social fear is a big part of what we're dealing with as well, right? The fear of missing out. FOMO is now its, uh, its own little hashtag. And these fear-based marketing campaigns are profoundly powerful and profoundly successful. Uh, we see drug companies, weight loss companies, insurance companies, car safety advertisements, car ability to avoid accidents. Uh, <laughs> the last major ones like anti-smoking campaigns, pretty much the last 20 years, that's been uh, a huge predominant factor. So summing all of that up, because your job is to put asses in the seats, uh -huh. the reason you should use fear-based marketing is two words, it works. Awesome. That's a great opening statement. I wish I did as much research as you did. So that was I'm like, oh, man, he's loading this up. That's smart. So I'm going to counter statement, obviously. So because this show is a debate-based podcast, I have to narrow the term. So marketing is great. You gave us a general term for marketing and sales. We're going to – I'm going to try to pigeonhole this now into the self-defense community in particular. Okay? Mm -hmm. 
fear-based marketing, while effective, isn't necessarily the best way to collect and retain students in something that is already kind of scary. Okay. So if I am using fear-based marketing, i.e. your family will be attacked, or if you don't take my class this, not only am I creating, I am drawing eyes to my product, but if the person is already so terrified to do physical skills, I'm actually setting them deeper into not coming because I'm creating, I'm almost creating a victim profile for them that they can attach themselves to, giving them an excuse not to come to the classes. And also, you've been teaching for more than a minute. One class isn't enough to genuinely give somebody a skill set. While fear brings them in, fear will not keep them there. It won't Agreed. keep the meat in the seats. So, yes, it does work as a one ticket off to try and get people there. But number one, if I'm if I join something because I'm scared, I'm not going to tell my friends about that class because I don't want to admit that I'm scared. So I lose referral marketing almost immediately off the bat. The second thing is if fear is the reason I came in and you're good at your job, the second that fear is solved, unless they've already attached another reason to do what they, they're doing the, the class for, they're not going to stay. So yes, it is a short-term answer, but we're looking at a long-term issue. Paul. Good. I pretty much agree with all of that. Mm -hmm. Um important i guess would be the thing that a so two different distinctions here yes a the marketing that i'm talking about is the going from the you know the several stages of a market audience right yep. the unknown just yep. getting yourself out there to that unknown is the hardest yes. and i i i'm part of a mastermind where business marketing is something that is talked about frequently mm -hmm. and by a country mile the self-defense world is the hardest to market Mm -hmm. There are very, very, very few things outside of fear-based marketing that are ever even addressed. Empowerment is pretty much the only other one, um, and that has limitations in scope. That's going to hit a very particular audience, especially because it is 2019, yeah. and there's only certain people you can touch upon that. Really quick, something you mentioned. Um, yeah. Retain is really important, yeah. uh, and I guess we could get into the weeds on this one, but the conversation about external marketing versus internal marketing, mm -hmm. they're not the same message. And I'm sure. trying to divide, uh, I do believe internal marketing is not gonna be the same. Your conversation is not gonna be the same. Got it. I think your internal marketing is largely based upon, I, I teach a business segment of the Chiron classes and um, <laughs> begrudgingly, and uh, your internal marketing is largely based on great classes. I, I think right. more than anything else. Uh, sure. I, I wrote down a quote as you were talking, um, something we teach to our instructors is, by and large, yeah. the reason you started something is almost never the reason you continued doing it. Yep. Um, so it doesn't necessarily matter what the reason is that got them in the door. As long as you got that motivator that got them physically through the actual frame of the door, mm -hmm. you're going to have to have a better or different reason anyway for them to attach themselves to. That's inherent in the yep. marketing effort, moving external to internal. I agree 100% with that. So let's take retention off the table because you just solved that, so I don't need to use that anymore. <laughs> the next the next question is then, and I'm going to ask you this, is are fear and pain automatically linked when it comes to marketing? Strongly. Well, okay. Why? So you have a couple of different in, in psychological terms, right? So yeah. I did pre I did prep with this, not just this, but talking to a friend of ours named Tammy. Sure. Because um, <laughs> if you're going to be smarter than yourself, talk to smart people. Yes. Um. So there is an argument in psychology that all motivation f 
funnels down to one thing, either towards pleasure or away from pain. Mm-hmm. Almost all motivating factors can be for that. So you're trying to now convince somebody that they're going to spend their equity, whether it's their time, their money, their blood, their effort, their energy, their whatever. Um, and it has to be better than social time with friends. It has to be better than the first six seasons of Game of Thrones, not the mm-hmm. seventh one. Um, it has to be because really for most adults, time is the biggest equity cost. Right. I recognize financials is probably number two, but time for most of us is the biggest thing. And if I'm going to try and market towards pleasure, it has to be more pleasurable. And I don't know a lot of ways to get that to an, you know, respectfully ignorant audience. Mm-hmm. However, if I can motivate somebody away from something they're afraid of, um, it's, it's a great way to dial into that which already exists, which might not touch upon and won't compete with whether I'm, you know, making them afraid of potential victimization or whatever it might be. Um, it might hit them in a way that, you know, it doesn't compete with social time with friends. It doesn't compete with putting the kids to bed. It doesn't compete with that stuff. It runs in its own separate silo and it's much more powerful in that regard. I agree with that. So <laughs> this easy, is the problem. We keep agreeing. <laughs> yes. Easier is not always correct. Right. And while I'm not saying yours isn't easier, that doesn't make it, doesn't make it good for you to, Use it. Now, you mentioned earlier that we are living in one of the safest countries and one of the safest times. So isn't fear-based marketing kind of disingenuous? Aren't we trying to create this false sense of fear in order to drag people into the building? Uh, Is it false if it's in somebody's head? That's a good question. I would say, yes, there's lots of things in people's heads that are false. But... Yes, but if you I'm are, I'm gonna let you walk that one out, Randy. No, if you, no, I'm not going to. If you're, if you're, uh, if you are the one putting the fears in their head, that's not great either, right? No, I, a hundred percent. But yeah, you're not necessarily attempting to do that. The fear can be a bunch of different things. You know, I, we live in a incredibly divisive time, I, despite the fact that it's very safe. It is very at least socially divisive, thanks to all the medias that you're probably going to push this out on, right? Um, it, it is, right? I, yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, I, I, I know, I'm lucky enough to know people in all kinds of different fields, and one of them happens to be journalism, and blood cells better than puppies do, right? I agree, um, yeah. That is already being pushed out to them, and it's mm-hmm. being pushed out to them and being pushed out to them, and be, so I don't have to do that. All I have to do is tie to that and provide a solution. Mm-hmm. The solution solution marketing is still fear-based marketing. You're providing mm, a solution. Okay. Well, all your drug companies, what's the first yeah. thing they start off with? Depressed individual, right, yes. here's our solution, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, I guess we get, again, we can get into the weeds again. If I tie to a current event that's out there, is it fear-based marketing? I would say yes. Yeah. Um, and if I'm now I put 90% of my message towards, I have a potential solution for you, whether or not it's in your head, you know, whether or not it really exists. Um, I, you are at least cracking that outer surface. You're getting into their awareness level just in some way, shape or form. Um, again, going back to that statement from earlier, the, the individual that you and I both know who knows marketing really well said, you know, at the end of the day, all marketing is fear-based marketing in some way, shape or form. Hmm. It's hard to debate when you classify all marketing as fear-based marketing, so I'm going to have to disagree, but I'm going to have to. <laughs> so I have to disagree. I cannot wait for the after-action. After <laughs> Everybody loves afterthoughts. So 
because you're kicking my ass right now. Uh, so <laughs> on this, uh, I don't agree that all marketing is fear-based marketing. Like you said, there's two. There's towards pleasure or away from pain. I would classify that as fear-based marketing. The solutions and towards uh, pleasure, uh, solutions are in the middle, but towards pleasure is also an accessible way to do this. Now, you can make people aware of the problems without making them scared of the problems. And this is where my glitch comes with this type of marketing is I can put on my YouTube page or like this is a video that happened in Brazil, right? These are the, the possible things yep. that can happen. But guess what? You live in Edmonton, Alberta. This will never happen to you. That is the problem is that, that we're only focusing on these fear points and the data points are collected from so many different places. And it's giving the people, number one, a false sense of what's actually happening in the world. Because it's not always local news. It's not always, it's, oh my God, man shot in Brazil, woman stabbed in China, a person on a Japanese bullet train gets hung. And you're like, oh, the world's falling apart. And like you live in a town of 300 people who you know, right? So, I, this is hard. <laughs> while, while informing the people of a problem has to exist, we don't need to scare the crap out of in order to make that work. And I think especially when it comes to this specific field, I really have to narrow it because in general, like any one-time product, fear-based market the crap out of it, that's going to work. <laughs> but in the exact scope of why our listeners are here for self-defense and martial arts, the people that are considering taking it don't need to be reminded. They're already probably informed of why they're taking the class. There's no need to double or triple down. There's no need to sell the soul. So for the purposes of your argument, mm -hmm. uh, debate, my apologies. Debate, yes, right. You are needing to separate solution-based marketing from fear-based no. marketing. So, yeah, I have to because otherwise there's no debate. <laughs> this is just it's, – it's, I'm it's, aware it, there's no debate. I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> so, but again, if you lump it – so this is me. This is why we're allowed to change the goalpost. If <laughs> – this is the exact reason because I'm like, oh, it's over. Good, good talk. No, that's not right. So your classification is – and you could argue that all of it is, but I, you said could argue. So now I'm arguing that it might not all be fear-based. So – there are pleasure things. So you could you could attack a self confident side of it over a you will get killed side of it. Is that right? Well, okay, how is it not? I agree with you, but how is it not for listeners? <laughs> well, a fear is a something you experience individually. Yes. It has nothing to do with what it is. You're talking specifically the fear of violent attack, not necessarily the fear of social ostracization or. Um, of being a, becoming a pariah or, or anything along that line. Sure. Um, I would argue that when we market to kids, we market confidence mm -hmm. because the number one solution against bullies is not a good punch to the face. Right. It's being confident so you never get bullied in the first place. Yeah. Well, that is the fear is mm -hmm. I don't want my kid getting bullied. The solution is confidence. It's not necessarily, I mean, again, it's 2019. The fear is not your kid getting the crap kicked at him by the bully behind school at the dumpster. It's your kid getting hanging himself because of yeah. social pressures and all this awfulness that we now have 24 hour access to each other. Thanks to the, you know, and kids as well. 10 year olds in my classes have cell phones, which is abhorrent to me, but they do. Yeah. Um, so it gives them that access and I know we're getting off the weeds and we're getting off the subject, but sure. um, fear is not necessarily just about like, I'm going to get murdered because if I don't take this class, it's right. all of those fears. We're addressing okay. all of them. Right. So then what if the sell is better than the solution? So when it comes to fear-based marketing, this tends to cripple people and think, well, if that's going to happen anyways, what's the point of me even taking a class? 
So learned helplessness is the solution otherwise? This is what happens from fear-based marketing is you're creating, you're giving people learned helplessness by scaring them so much that if they don't take your class, they're going to get attacked. So you're, you're creating a victim. You're making oh. a victim. <laughs> I like this. You're shoveling really hard. This is fun. <laughs> um, interesting point. Mm -hmm. I'm not certain I agree with it. <laughs> so I have evidence that that does happen. There are studies that show that. Okay. I don't uh, want to appeal to authority. I just want you to know why. If you don't have to agree, it does happen. Okay. I, I do, will you just side note? Send them to me because I'm curious. Sure, of course, yep. Um, I, I, I'm sure personal experience, you and I, if we may quote that. Yes. Um, again, I don't want to appeal to my own authority. but Yeah, but still, we have to talk. <laughs> well, and yeah. we, I mean, we both have 20-something years of experience in the self-defense world. We probably have both seen a lot of people come in with prior fears, whether they are baseless or real, and have a transformational experience based upon classes. Yes. But that means we have the opportunity to provide a viable solution once they come through the door. Yes. So the only question is, will fear-based marketing get them through the door? And so what I'm saying is sometimes no. And sometimes if they were going to come to the door, your marketing actually scared them off That's because very you made possible. the problem so – so if we're looking at just getting meat in the seats, it's not always a benefit. And again, I have to really narrow it to self-defense and martial arts because in any other field, this does not apply. Right. But in martial arts, self-defense, this is a real factor. There's people already scared of a jujitsu logo that would oh, never yeah. come in. And then if they go on your website, you're like, one in four people are attacked every eight minutes and blah, blah, blah. They're like, well, I'm never doing this because our job as self-defense practitioners is to increase that whatever confidence or whatever, which means the fear-based marketing might not be putting people in the seats. 100% true. That's why I use multiple types of marketing. Fear right. is one of them, yes. Yes, but that's why we're just debating fear. Right? I'm aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. This is a lot of fun. This is so fun. I love this so much. <laughs> so we only have about a minute 40 left, Paul. So why don't you give us a closing statement? Um, It works. It works straight up. Yeah, I don't, I'm, it's one of those things. Like, as you said, if you take it out of the self-defense world, even the tiniest bit, mm -hmm. <laughs> It is an incredibly powerful vehicle. There is a strong argument that all marketing is fear-based marketing on some level, whether it's exclusionary, whether it's about a deadline, real yeah. or supposed. I don't know where that came from. Um, <laughs> but it, there's a strong argument that all marketing has this element to it. It gets into an evolutionary place in our brains, which is really deep, really hardwired, um, and it's really profoundly powerful. It doesn't make it – I. it's interesting. I thought you were going to go with the whole it's immoral to market. Um, I was pretty sure that's where you were going to go, which is kind of fun. So I wanted to, but then when you, you – I couldn't because you classified it too well as getting people in, so I couldn't use moral relativity at all. So That's why yeah, I did you that. <laughs> definitely pinned me off. Uh, so quick closing statement on my end is – uh, Fear-based marketing, sure, it works at everywhere else. Like he just said, macro, I have to go micro on this conversation, which is specifically martial arts and self-defense. Might not be as effective as you think it is because for every one to two people to walk in the door, there's eight people that never got off their couch. Mm -hmm. Which is always the case, right? Which is always going to be the case, but the marketing is the marketing is the reason that is happening. No. Come to final thoughts. Because, <laughs> because, anyways, that's the end of the debate. Awesome, Paul. Thank you so much. So I'm going to highly recommend if you own a martial arts gym to invest $5, even for one month, to come to the Patreon for this next talk, which will probably be longer than a regular talk on this because 
Uh, Paul and I agree on a lot of this stuff, and I think that's going to be very valuable. So hopefully you enjoyed the show. Paul, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Uh, so uh, on the Chiron training page, which is really kind of the big thing, um, I know it says Rory Miller's Chiron training. That's because everybody knows who the fuck Rory Miller is, and no one knows who the fuck Paul and Malcolm are. Um, yeah, but we're working on that, so that's why, that's why you dragged me onto this thing, right? Because so, <laughs> ironically enough, I don't like marketing myself. It's just right. not my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. Um, so the Chiron page is a great one. If you're in the Boston area or you're stopping by the Boston area, the Metro West Academy of Jiu-Jitsu is my local page. Uh, again, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, text message. I, I have a Snapchat, I think mostly because of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, which that thing died, by the way. So Yeah, you know, I haven't really used Snapchat that much at all. But yeah. No, no, that was a flash of the pan at best. So um, those are the big things for right now. Cool. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I highly recommend you come and join us on Final Thoughts because we have uh, we have quite the conversation to have here. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And if I don't see you at Final Thoughts, we'll see you next week with another episode of the Randy King Live podcast. <laughs>